Hi, I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishkon. Every Tuesday, we trial a different self-care practice and report back to you on the results. And on Friday, we're back in the studio to explore more of the world of wellness with the latest news, interviews, emails from our wonderful listeners and the Self-Care Book Club. Welcome back to Self-Care Club. Wellness, road tested, the epilogue show. Hi, and welcome to Friday's epilogue show where we're taking a deeper dive into this week's practice of cold showers. I don't know how to do it. Okay. <laughs> don't have to sing it. <laughs> I wasn't going to sing it. Okay. Oh, Lauren, I've got the chills. I think they're multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> Start again. <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. have you done it since? Yes. Oh, have you? Every time I've had a shower. Which is what? Twice? Like, just, <laughs> just twice a week. Um, Out of all the things I've learned about you, yeah. that was the most surprising. I'm filthy. You're not filthy. But it's a weird <laughs> thing that you don't shower every day. It's not. It is a good thing. Is it? Yeah. Um, I have done the proper cold blast at the end. Every time. Have you upped the time? No. Right. No. So you're not. But I am I am definitely rinsing conditioner off my hair with it and making sure that my <gasps> face is in it. That's quite brave. Yeah. And I kind of quite sort of enjoy it. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. Also, the weather has been a lot warmer, so it's not been a chore. Yeah. But I, I can't I'm not so sure in the deepest winter months if it would it would be quite so um Enticing. Mm. 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 No, well, we we timed it well. We timed it very well. Have I, you been doing? I it? have not every time I've showered because I shower a lot more than you. You do. Um, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I would like my times have stayed the same. Yes, I know. I'm really sad. I'm timing it to see if I can get under for longer. How are you timing it in your head? One Mississippi, two okay. Mississippi, okay. three. How else would I time it? I don't know. You had some like waterproof Fitbit. <laughs> I think all Fitbits are waterproof. I wouldn't. Know. Oh no, I have. I've got my Apple Watch, but you is... don't wear it in the shower. I do. Oh, you do. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. I'll time it properly. Okay. What? Well, what are you? Or I could just then? count because it's not that long. I'm not. It's not like I'm doing it for four minutes. <laughs> How long are you doing it for? Oh, thirty seconds. Yeah. It's really not long. No, I don't. And I'm really struggling to take my arms away from my chest. Mm. They sort of crossed over my chest, and I'm struggling to. Let that go. Well, I have to because I'm rinsing conditioner out my hair. I'm going to do that. But I'm leaning back quite a lot. I'm going to do it. Listen, the benefits are so worth that 30 seconds. Are they? Are you reaping a lot of benefits still, do you think? Do you feel them? Do you actually like Well, I'm going on the show that we did where we read out all the benefits and the science. It's incredible. Are you noticing them in yourself? No. <laughs> but like with all things with self-care, yeah. a lot of it is very subtle. Mm. You notice these things when you don't do them rather than when you do. So my husband upped it. He went for a swim in the men's ponds. We've got to do that. He loved it. Do you have to book it? Yeah, you do. He left the house at seven in the morning yeah. to go and swim in the men's ponds. He said it was the most wonderful morning. Did he wear a t-shirt? No, I asked him. He wore trunks and two hats. Why two hats? Apparently, you just need to really need to keep your head warm if you're a beginner. It's very important. You don't put your head under. 
What you do the is just get very, very cold. You're, yeah, because you lose most heat out of your head. We've got to do this. And we need to do this whilst While the it's we- hot. Yes, whilst the weather <laughs> is nice. We need to look into this. Okay. I'm going to literally, after this recording, I'm going online, I'm booking us both in. And funnily enough, Melanie... Yes. You know who told us about the sheets? <gasps> Melanie with the sheets. Melanie with the sheets has invited us with her to do some wild water swimming in Hampstead Heath. Does she have some sort of wild swimming hacks? Hacks? Yeah. Like with her bed folding sheet hacks. <laughs> I want some wild swimming hacks. I bet she does. I bet she's like, wear a plastic cap, then wear your woolly hat over. And then when you take the woolly hat off, your hair will still be dry. I bet she's got like <laughs> tips. Shall I ask her? Yeah, ask <laughs> Melanie is becoming like a permanent resident in the epilogue show. She'll love it. Okay, so we're going to do that, aren't we? I think we should do that in the next couple of weeks. I've done it and I did really like it. I think I, I, I mind it less than you. Isn't it funny how you've done it and I haven't? Mm. I would be really terrified. Isn't it's not there... scary. Ducks? Yeah. <laughs> no, you mean... I, I, I don't know, it's just like poop and... Crap and is well, what's it, like... it going to do to you? A bit of duck poop. Isn't it smelly? No. It's not smelly. No. It's a bit like this was the thing that put me off. And this was, this was the only thing that was bothering me was my friend said, sometimes when you get in, it's a bit like pondy, gunky on the side. I can't. I can't. So you go down the ladder you, or you just dive in. It's fine. It's totally fine. How long do you swim for? You don't swim for long if you're a beginner, do you? Well, it was very hot the day I went. So I did swim for quite a long time, maybe 15, 20 minutes because it was cold. But it was one of those colds where once you're swimming, you feel yeah, fine. Yeah. But no, I think you're only supposed to go in for the same amount of minutes as it is degrees in the water. Okay. Good to know. Mm. We've got to do it. Okay. We're doing it. We'll do it. So I asked on Instagram, do you take cold showers? Yeah. The options were yes brrr, or... <laughs> <laughs> Or, no, never have. Yeah. And let's come on, because I want to know what you think, and I want you to get it wrong. (laughs) You always want me to get it wrong, and I never do. I know. I I think not many people are into this. I'm going to go low. I'm going to go 25% have done it and 75% have not. (sighs) Have I annoyed you you again? Do you watch it? Do Never. you, do you I don't check... even know how to check it. Okay. I didn't think you did, but I no, feel I like, I feel <laughs> I like don't you're lying. Even, I'm not. I don't okay, know how 35% to... said yes. 35%. Okay. Yeah. And no, I would never. That was 65%. Okay. And we had over, um, we had over 120 people respond mm. to that. Mm. So, okay. it's, so it's not a big thing with our listeners. I wonder if some of them will try it having listened to the episode. Yes. If you do try it after this episode, please let us know. Yeah, email give us, us some feedback. Yeah. Email us or um, message us on Instagram. Yeah. So we did have a few messages. Mm-hmm. Message from Pippa. Mm-hmm. She says, I love a cold shower in the summer, but not the winter. Mm. I do always blast the water cold at the end of every shower to close my pores and hair cuticles. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a fact, Pippa. Yes, it does do that. I'm not blessed with great skin, but I find it helps it become clearer and also my hair shinier. Yeah. Love that. I, I'm also enjoying the slightly more manageable shiny hair. Yeah. But I've also just bought, what's it called? L'Oreal, is it an LV? It's called Eight Second Wonder Water. Have you heard about this? For God's sake. Are you uh, serious? Yeah. LV. Is it LV? I can't remember who makes it. You know, I've got a rule. L'Oreal. One of my rules in what? life. If you can buy it off the shelf, then don't put it in your hair. Is it like that? <laughs> I've obviously told you the rule. You haven't. Is that the rule? <laughs> is that the rule? Either that or we spend too much time together. If you can buy it in boots, don't buy it. 
That's okay. the rule. Okay. But it had such good reviews. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> so what is it? It's an eight second wonder miracle It's kit. called Wonder Water. Right. You squirt it in your hair. Yeah. Massage it in for eight seconds. Yeah. And rinse it out. And what's it supposed to do? Make your hair detangled and shiny. And does it? It mean... I mean, you've got shiny, detangled hair anyway. I'm not, it's not, I'm not going to call it a wonder water. I would call it like an okay water. (laughs) Just water. (laughs) It's not water. You're basically have just bought water, (laughs) which comes out of your shower anyway. This is what I mean. It's just a marketer's dream. Oh, it was a marketer's dream. It really was. It was in every single supplement. I was like, I've got to get my hands on this wonder water. But there's some marketing company that has been taken on for this product and has just slung it everywhere. It doesn't mean it's any good. It just means they've got good marketing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, if you want to repair your hair or you really want to get it in the best condition possible, you need a salon shampoo finished. You do. You need a salon shampoo because all of these other, this has nothing to do with cold waters, but all these other shampoos are full of silicon. So what the silicon does is the first few times you use it, it makes the hair feel and look so shiny. Mm. But then eventually what it does is mm. it creates buildup after yes. buildup after buildup. I build have been feeling that. Then I changed shampoos to try yeah, and like yes. get rid of that. What did you change it to though? Well, just another shitty shampoo, I think. And I think I went with the John Frieda Brilliant Brunette. You're going to poo-poo that as well. Yeah. And if you say like Pantene and Aussie, I mean, they just need to be binned. (gasps) They're they're like the the McDonald's of hair products. Are they? Yes. So the first few times you use it, your hair looks fantastic. So they draw you in. Mm. But then eventually your hair doesn't feel quite right. and You can't figure out why. It's like sticking oil above oil, above oil, above oil, above oil. And it's not washing out. Yes. It's very hard to get rid of silicon. Yes. So then your hair looks dull and heavy and lifeless. Correct. Which is why you have to stick to a salon shampoo because it doesn't do that. Okay, thanks for that. So I hope everyone's enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I am the least snobby person. Would you agree with that? I would. I'm not a remote snob, apart from when it comes to shampoo and coffee. That's it. They're the only two things that I'm stuck up about. I think I, I may have to be getting your sort of card from the wherever you buy your shampoos from so I, I know what to buy now. I'm going to Listen, need some shampoo got, advice. You've got... <laughs> I think I've just given it to you. <laughs> I, I swear I just told you everything. Do we need to go over it again? <laughs> no, I need the actual product. I need the brand. Okay, well, I will give you the product. But the thing is, you've got healthy hair. So it's not like you need something really expensive and you need a whole system to repair anything. You don't. You just need a decent shampoo, which you can get in any salon. Okay. If you've got loads, Noted. If you've got loads of blonde bleached hair, yeah. you will need to invest in a lot of products to get it repaired and lay off the bleach. This has been a wonderful masterclass in shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on and on. Honestly, I could talk about it. We could do a whole podcast on this. Well, maybe we will. Elisa says, my scientist dad at 73 has cold showers and he's in great shape. Love it. Yeah. I can see my dad doing cold showers. I can totally see your dad doing cold showers. Yeah. Does he? Have you ever asked him? No, I, but he totally would. Yeah. My, my dad wants to come to Saeed. Does he? Yeah. He, oh. He's sniffing around the idea because he's like, oh, do you think he'd be good for me? And what do you think? Do you think he'd take me on? And Let him do a session and see how oh, that goes. I, do you know what? My dad is, you think I'm obsessed with exercise. He is, he is where I get it from. I kind um, of want to see them in a room together. <laughs> it'd be quite special, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It would. Right. Well, that is our cold water shower week in full. And shampoo week. And shampoo masterclass. 
<laughs> Thanks for being in touch. Listen, don't say that we don't over deliver on this show. Don't say we don't cover all bases. <laughs> we really all do. facts. We really do. We really do. I mean, next week's masterclass yes. could be giving birth. That takes more than one masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> you could do a breathing technique. <laughs> Please do keep your messages coming in about cold showers or shampoo or anything else you'd like to tell us your thoughts and experiences on. And also ideas of any practices you would like us to try within reason. You can email us at hello at selfcareclub.co.uk or find us on Instagram at selfcareclubpod. We're going to take a short break and we'll see you back here for our wellness news flash. This episode is sponsored by Horizon Studios. If you're travelling this year and looking for high quality, sustainable and beautifully designed luggage, then look no further than Horizon Studios, who've launched two new ranges. The RE series, the world's most sustainable 97% recycled luggage, and now the revolutionary Air series, the world's lightest high-end suitcase. If you have airport anxiety, worrying about the weight of your case when it goes on those scales, then the Air Series is for you and it is definitely for me. The Air Series pushes the boundaries of travel. Each detail is designed and engineered to combine an ultralight and durable product. It's significantly lighter than regular suitcases. Thank goodness, Lauren, that is brilliant. And it comes with a lifetime warranty because the most sustainable suitcase is the one that you only buy once. We used the cases to go to Paris and Wales last year, and as chronic overpackers, we could still wheel them around with ease. We could. Ultra light and compact, the Air Series is made from a premium polycarbonate hard shell with reduced thickness and a recycled lining. It's 100% vegan and produced in a way that is 99% waste-free, blending design and function seamlessly. So, Nicole, you can pack those extra five pairs of shoes with no stress. The entire range is available on the Horizon Studios website and in all leading department stores. Just go to www.horizon-studios.com. Horizon Studios. Let's go further. This week, we are sponsored by Notion. Why do we love Notion? Because it brings our ideas to life. It's like having access to tomorrow's tools today by combining all our research scripts and notes into one simple space with the added power of AI built right inside, not a separate AI tool or browser tab. I used it the other day to plan all our social content for the next three months. It's made what's usually a really long, daunting task super quick, simple and streamlined, leaving us with more time and energy to focus on what truly matters, which is bringing self-care to the listeners and less stress for us. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organise and rediscover the joy of play and the Notion AI turns that knowledge into action. It can answer any question in seconds, summarise your meeting notes and keeps you completely organised. If you can think it, you can make it. It's become an integral part of our podcasting toolkit and we're calling it self-care. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash self-care club. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash self-care club and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash self-care club. Bernie Katz was fun. He was kind. When he walked in, the room just lit up. And there was something magical about this young man that just had a glint in his eye, that didn't give a shit about anything, but loved everything. My first impressions were of a huge, vibrant and 
outgoing personality, all hugs, grins, extravagant language and wild attire. Always in a leopard skin jacket, whirling around like a windmill. I know, she's a character. I don't know if those people exist anymore. They're sort of dying out. Everything's changed. It is a bank holiday weekend in London, the late summer of 2017. The streets around Kentish Town, just north of the city and halfway towards Hampstead Heath, are unusually quiet. That evening, in a small, converted flat, just a 15-minute bus ride from King's Cross Station, Bernie Katz, pocket-sized and long-standing front-of-house manager of London's Grouch Show Club, is found dead by his landlord. I said to him, what happened? You know, and he said, we are not talking about it. And yes, there have been the rumors we've all heard. I mean, what did I hear specifically that he was murdered? His relationship with his father was so toxic. He hated the idea that his son was gay. His right. dad was a proper gangster. Bernie came down, there was a car far from. Guy blows his dad's head off. They were all part of the same fetid, seething, self-referential nest of vipers that I think the Groucho had become. Was Bernie depressive? I think yes. When alone, a condition he rarely sought, he had demons that flew about his head. I get a call from Bernie and he is in £20,000 worth of debt with the Albanian gangsters in Soho. We all collected and paid the debt. The way that the Albanians operate is very, very peculiar because they did not operate like any other mafia in Europe. I've never been able to establish exactly what happened and why, but whatever it was, it was so wrong. Bernie, who killed the Prince of Soho? Listen now. A Stack production, available wherever you get your podcasts. So a big article mm -hmm. that's been going on in the press this week, mm -hmm. Naomi Osaka, mm -hmm. the tennis player pro. She is walking away from the French Open after a standoff with the sport's top officials over her refusal to attend news events with reporters. The move came after an unexpected clash with tennis officials. Osaka is a four-time Grand Slam champion, arguably one of the greatest female tennis players of her generation and the highest paid in terms of endorsements. But after arriving in Paris, she announced she wouldn't be attending mandatory news conferences at the French Open, citing disregard for athletes' mental health. I would never trivialise mental health or use the term lightly, Asaka wrote in her Instagram post on Monday. The truth is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the US Open in 2018 and I have had a really hard time coping with that. After winning her first round match against Patricia Maria Tigg, Asaka did participate in a brief encore interview but refused to do a post-match news conference. Asaka said she experiences huge waves of anxiety before she speaks to the world's media. Tennis officials framed the standoff in terms of fairness to the other athletes. We want to underline that rules are in place to ensure all players are treated exactly the same, no matter their stature, beliefs or achievements. Top tennis officials from France, Australia, England and the US said in a joint statement on Sunday. As a sport, there is nothing more important than ensuring no player has an unfair advantage over another, which unfortunately is the case in this situation if one player refuses to dedicate time to participate in media commitments whilst the others all honour their commitments. 
The officials also said in their statement that they reached out to Osaka, but she didn't engage with them in a dialogue about what she was expecting. The mental health of players competing in our tournaments and on the tours is of the utmost importance to the Grand Slams. Officials also argued that media events were good for the sport and the public and that the rules required participation. I do feel like rules are quite outdated, Osaka wrote on Instagram. I'm going to take some time away from the court for now. But when the time is right, I really want to work with the tour to discuss ways which we can make things better for the players, press and fans. So, you know, she was also fined $15,000. Yes. For not honouring media commitments following well, she her bro- opening round She broke her contract, didn't she? Yeah. It's, it feels harsh. It does. To me. This. This was her statement. You want to hear her full statement? I think this is a very layered situation. Yes, let's hear her statement. She said, Hi, hey everyone, this isn't a situation I ever imagined or intended when I posted a few days ago. I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction and I accept that my timing was not ideal and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialise mental health or use the term lightly. The truth is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the US Open in 2018 and I've had a really hard time coping with that. Anyone that knows me knows I'm introverted and anyone that has seen me at the tournaments will notice that I'm often wearing headphones as that helps dull my social anxiety. Though the tennis press has always been kind to me and I want to apologise especially to all the cool journalists who I may have hurt, I'm not a natural public speaker and I get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. I get really nervous and find it stressful to always try to engage and give you the best answers I can. So here in Paris, I was already feeling vulnerable and anxious. So I thought it was better to exercise self-care and Mm. skip the press conferences. I announced it preemptively because I do feel like the rules are quite outdated in parts. And I wanted to highlight that. I wrote privately to the tournament, apologising and saying that I'd be more than happy to speak with them after the tournament as the slams are intense. I'm going to take some time away from the court now, but when the time is right, I really want to work with the tour to discuss ways we can make things better for players, press and fans. Anyway, hope you're all doing well and staying safe. Love you guys. I'll see you when I see you. Later on Sunday, she then published a tweet saying, anger is a lack of understanding. Change makes people uncomfortable. This is powerful stuff here. And because we are now in a culture where we can talk about mental health and it's encouraged that we do, which is brilliant, she has felt that she can speak out about this. And I'll guarantee that she's not the first tennis player or the first athlete to suffer with social anxiety and talking to the press. Can, can we also just point out here that she is a tennis player? Mm. She's not an actress. No. She's not a TV presenter. No, she's not a performer. She is brilliant at the sport that she does. And that's her job. Why should it be her job or any other athlete's job to have to speak to the media? I understand the point that it's not really fair fair. that everyone else does. I do get that. I do understand that they, in order to keep, because it is so competitive, the rules have to stay the same for everybody. I also get that. But I feel they're also losing out on a brilliant tennis player. That's it, it. It seems to me almost ridiculous that she is expected to fulfil this role when the whole point of her, the whole brilliance of her, the whole genius of her is her tennis. Yeah, let her be good at her and tennis. And can you imagine the pressure to perform at these grand slams on court and then off court? Yes, it doesn't. It doesn't. And how seem... you have to look after yourself when you're off court in order to perform on court? Absolutely. What that must take, and to have to sit for those days and hours before 
a match thinking, God, I've got to play the match, but also then I've got to talk to the whole world's yeah. press and make sure that I sound eloquent and don't say anything stupid yeah. and be my best. That's a lot of pressure on anyone. It is. And if you're someone that is comfortable with it, then that's brilliant. But if you're someone that isn't, I don't think that then you should have to basically quit the tournament because you can't cope with it. No. It, it, and, it, I, and I think for mm. her, I'm, honestly, I take my hat off to how brave a decision this is to stand up and say, actually, I put my self-care and my mental health first. Mm. I think that is incredible. It's incredibly brave, but also seems incredibly unfair because yes. how many years has yes. she been preparing and training for this? And here we are on the back of Mental Health Awareness Week when everyone's making a big splash about how important it is to talk about mental health and let's not stigmatise it in any way. And here we are with a, a well-known person speaking out saying, I can't cope with this aspect of it. Please, can you let me off? And they're basically saying no. I also wonder about kids who are looking up to her as a role model who may find that actually tennis or or any other sport is a great outlet for them because they can play the sport but they don't have to chat to anyone or it's not like being at a party or it's it you know it feels like a safe space for them who might be put off by this thinking I can't really be a professional at this because then I've got to talk to the world media and I suffer from social anxiety yeah you know yeah let the sport just speak for itself yeah yeah this I stuff agree. needs updating for sure agreed Just a reminder that our book club is still running every month and this month we are reading Burnt Out by Selena Barker. At the end of the month, we're going to bring you a bonus episode with the incredible Selena herself. She is such a gem. I'm so excited to speak to her and we will talk about how we found the book. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that. Me too. What are you doing for your self-care this week, Laura Mishcon? I went to the cinema. I returned I to the cinema. For the first time what in... Is, what, what, I don't even know what's on at the cinema. I took my nephew and my son to see Cruella. Oh, is it good? With Emma Stone? Is it Emma Stone? Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. Oh, it was bloody fantastic. Was it? It's a cross between Devil Wears Prada yeah. and Cinderella. Ooh. Oh my God. It was just genius. That's the perfect film. It was just all fashion and fashion shows and dresses and clothes and dogs. It was great. Isn't it amazing that we now live in a world where the cinema is self-care? I know. It was such a treat. Yeah, exactly. And I tried to buy them popcorn and they were like, the the, the people who worked in the cinema were like, no, no, it's all done by the machine. I said, what do you mean the machine? You have to go and buy, press all the buttons on the machine and then get a ticket and then someone will hand you a box of popcorn. I didn't quite understand how this changed any social distancing <laughs> rules because you're still going to the counter and collecting the popcorn. But anyway. Are they still scooping it out themselves? He did seem to be scooping it out himself. So what's the difference? I really don't know. But the pick and mix, oh, it is no longer. Oh, no. Well, it's much too covid dangerous, isn't it? Pick and mix. Oh, I love a pick and mix. Sorry, it's over. You have to bring your own bag of revels now to the cinema. <laughs> Do you think we'll ever get a pick and mix? What about the shrimps and the bananas? Do you think we'll ever get the pick and mix back? I don't think we're ever getting pick and mix back. That is really devastating. I realise it's not one of the worst things to lose after COVID. There's a lot, there's a lot more loss <laughs> that's gone on. But that is quite a shame. The, the, the end of shrimps and bananas. So, yeah, cinema was great self-care. Also, I went to a party. Oh, Did you? I wonder whose party it could have been. <laughs> Well, that comes onto my own self-care is that I threw a party. You did throw a party. It was just absolutely joyful, wasn't it? It was. We got really lucky with the weather. Yeah. We had 30 people outside yep. on our terrace 
with a DJ. With proper dancing. Proper dance. People's shoes were off. Oh yeah, I had to look for them at the end of the night. You also left your bra at me. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't, <laughs> let's just clarify. You the, came the, in yesterday and said, have you seen my bra? And my husband was like, why is your bra? What happened at the party? <laughs> it's like, no, just to clarify, I did not lose the bra at the party. I lost the bra a few days previously because of next week's self-care episode. Yes, which we'll get on to. Which we will get on to. In a minute. Yeah. But it was lovely to be socialising, having a few drinks and dancing and just being just having fun yeah fun fun talking to strangers yeah well they weren't strangers they weren't strangers to you many of them were strangers you to were me, very you were very was... intrigued about my ex-boyfriend who was there who I'm still very friendly with oh I you? was just enjoying all of that <laughs> I <laughs> thought that's why you lost your bra <laughs> <laughs> please no <laughs> it was not that kind of a party no it definitely wasn't um <laughs> so yeah so that was my self-care Although it's funny because then the next day your self-care has to radically change in oh order dear. to pull it back. Well, I realised the next morning at 7.30 when I was supposed to drive one of my sons to football that I was still drunk. Were you? I'm yeah. so happy. So that wasn't happening. No. And um, my husband... I think you still had your necklace, your jewellery on, I had you? everything on. My husband was... <laughs> Apart from your bra. ...was driving, but he had to have a very, very extended afternoon nap. Did he? <laughs> Very extended. Because Ollie doesn't drink. Not really. So how come he drunk at the party? He was just enjoying himself. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so it makes me so happy. And our husbands met they for the very, did. Fir- the very first club time. husbands. Yeah. They actually met. And they liked each other. They did. Yeah. They did. He actually said, Oh, that Ollie's a really nice guy. He, he said it to me the next day. Oh, he was really nice. I said, Adam, stop saying it with such a note of surprise in your voice. <laughs> did you think I'd be married to someone dreadful? <laughs> well, hello. What did Ollie say? He said, Nice guy. Did he? He's a nice guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. That's yeah. really. Yeah. Phew. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weight off. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Not that it would have changed anything. But anyway, podcasts, what are you listening to? Well, I've been listening to Mental, which is hosted by Bobby Temps and Danny Hogan. And it is a podcast created to break down mental health stigma and discrimination. And they invite very special guests on for very honest interviews, delving into different conditions and hearing firsthand experiences. And who do you think their very special guests were? Well, they did last have, night. They did have Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams. Williams. Yeah, she was on it. She was. And who else was on it? We were on it. We it. So when is that coming out? I think week after next. Okay. So go check that out because yeah. that was great. <laughs> Obviously. Um, I am now very into Off Menu. Yes. I know I'm very late to the party. It's my best podcast of all time apart from our own. It is very silly. I know. Very funny. Yeah. And I really, really, really want to go on it. I do too. Well, do they ever have two guests on at the same time? I don't think they ever do because that would just be too many menus. And you and I would not pick the same menu. You know what? If we got asked, yeah, I would say no. I wouldn't do vegan. Oh, you night. wouldn't. Not dream. Dream. Not in the dream not restaurant. In the dream restaurant. Okay. I would let you go. Would you? Of course, I would because you love this show. I love that show. So you can definitely go on behalf of both of us. Thanks. You're welcome. That's really kind. It is, isn't it? 
And I totally would. <laughs> I totally accept. <laughs> so come on off menu. We're waiting for the we invite. We are. I'm waiting for an invite to the Dream Restaurant. I know exactly what I'm picking. Oh, do you? I even know my choice of poppadoms or bread. And bread. I know my it's choice bread. of... It's bread. It's always bread. Unless it's an Indian meal and clearly then it's poppadoms. But why do they choose poppadoms or bread? Why don't they then choose like a pita bread or a... Or is that comes, that comes under, under bread? bread. It's not just poppadoms. There's got to be like crackers or Melba toast. You could say Melba toast. I think I will. But then everyone would ask you, is it still 1982? Do you want the butter <laughs> curled in those things that my mother used to make for dinner parties? I do, but I don't want it too hard. Oh, I can't bear it. Because that just ruins everything. And then Agreed. the Melba toast. Bre- my mum used to make the Melba toast for the dinner parties. Yes, and, I and the curly to, butter. And I used to roll it out. There you go. I used to roll the bread out. Mm. She used to make me cut off the crust mm. and roll the bread. Mm. Dinner parties in the early 80s were a real thing. Yeah. What did she make for dessert? <laughs> no, not in 2020. What did she they? make for dessert? I can't remember. I do. My mother made caramelised oranges and she made her own chocolate truffles that she would roll in chocolate vermicelli. You know, like the little hundreds and thousands, but they're made of chocolate. She'd make those. That was oh. her dinner party special. But if it was very cash, yeah. then she would serve up the dessert of choice in 1982, Viennetta. Oh, I love a Viennetta. Mint Viennetta. No, no. Really. I love them. I love a Viennetta. Can you buy that? Yes. No. Yes. You not had a Viennetta recently? Not since the 80s. <laughs> I'm buying you one. I don't love... really like ice cream. <laughs> yeah, but it's Viennetta. Mm. And it's still just as good. Is it? Yeah, still just as good. I still remember the crunch of that oh, thin bits just... of chocolate and the... See, look, I'm so ready for the off-menu podcast. I'm ready. What are we doing next week, Lauren? That's a clue. Well, that's the clue, and that you left your bra at my house. Yep. Should we leave them to wonder? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's and no bra, and no bra, and and Ross from Friends. Great clues. <laughs> see if you can figure it out. Actually, yeah. Should we see if people can guess it, and if they can, yeah, to email us. Go on or um, message us on Instagram. Okay. Can you guess from those three clues? So no bra. Ross from Friends that's what we're doing next week (laughs) so let us know on Instagram at selfcareclubpod if you know what that is we'll be back on Tuesday with our main show see you then Self Care Club is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network